Netflix book club. Netflix book club. Yeah, I'm not doing this. Hello and welcome to Netflix book club, everybody. My name is Dennis Rooney. I am here with... Hey, I'm Steve McDonald. What was... Doing game show Hello voice today. <laughs> How's everybody Hello doing? Hello and how you doing? No. Uh, we're joined We're going to play Plinko. <laughs> We're joined today with our horror correspondent. She just found this out. Uh, Lori Pomentary, everybody. That's me. That's me. That's her. That's Thank my. You. Uh, that's my outside voice. <laughs> I told Lori before we got started. Low confidence. Use your outdoor voice. She's hunched over right now, like, <laughs> like she's in Notre Dame. Um, yeah, I say horror correspondent because we're doing a horror movie today. But also, let's plug at the top of it. First, let's plug us. Make sure you tell your friends about this podcast. Rate, subscribe, review iTunes, all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Do but, all uh, those things. And, and preferably, like, subscribe on po- on iTunes Podcasts, and then I want you to go to Stitcher and subscribe, and then I want you to go to, like, another service and subscribe. This is a lot. This is and a lot of <laughs> things to ask of people. Ver- we have very dedicated 12 listeners who Look, do these things. Our dozens of fans. Uh, but Lori has recently begun uh, specifically a horror movie podcast. Yes. Talk about it. Plug um, it. That's what the world needs, more podcasts, comedians <laughs> doing podcasts. Uh, but my writing partner, uh, Nick Griffin, and I started a podcast. We talk about comedy. and We do horror movie every week. So uh, we will also be covering this movie that we are going to do on this podcast. Yes. Ooh. Cool. Whose episode is better? Let the people decide. Ours, because we're doing it first. <laughs> Ours is good. We're going to get all the good thoughts from Lori before uh, she goes and shares them on her podcast. I'm uh, just going to steal your thoughts when I go to my <laughs> podcast, so your points. You know, Nick, I had some very interesting <laughs> opinions come to me. Uh, yeah, so this week we are talking about 2019's Netflix original, The Perfection, uh, horror thriller revenge movie. Directed by Richard Shepard, starring Allison Williams, Logan Browning, Stephen Weber, amongst others. Um, it's hard to talk about this movie without spoiling anything. That's because true. That's true. There's some yeah. crazy twists in this film. So in quick summation, there is a uh, cello savant, you might say, a young woman yes. who puts down her cello one day to take care of her terminally ill mother. Yep. Uh, the mother passes away. And she kind of goes back into the world of uh, music and specifically her old teacher and um, educational institution of celloism. It's a weird way of putting it. Yeah, that's but a strange way of putting <laughs> it. Yeah. But, but that's basically where the movie starts. It's the, it really shows your your lack of culture and knowledge around any kind of orchestral instrument. Celloism? Yeah, celloism. Well, that's why I had Lori on today. <laughs> Lori is also a... Uh, Are you our culture expert as well? No, she's a cello idiot savant. <laughs> that's what I am about everything, an idiot savant <laughs> when it comes to pretty much everything. But idiot savants are supposed to be good at one thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know then. Right. Definitely not cellos. Um, yeah, so I'm not going to say anything more about the movie uh, other than stream it or don't stream it. I'm going with a hard stream it. If you like horror movies, give this a shot. It's a little slow, the first 40 minutes or so, but it is a tight, like, 90-minute movie. Very satisfying second half. And uh, an interesting, like, a, a unique horror movie. You don't see a lot of these types of things nowadays. And uh, the three main actors, uh, you know, Allison, Logan, and Steven, Charlotte, Lizzie, and Anton, fucking great. They killed it. So watch this movie, I think. Steven. Okay. Oh no, it's Lori. you, Lori. I say stream it as well. I liked it. Um, 
Yeah, it's hard to say anything without spoilers, but um, yeah, no, it definitely moves along quick. It's uh, entertaining. It's definitely a couple of twists. I mean, a couple of things I saw coming too, but I was like, oh, okay, the way they do things is pretty, pretty good. Interesting. Interesting. Hard don't stream it. Oh. <laughs> I didn't like this movie. I had a problem with it. I had a series of problems with it. I don't think people should watch it. I don't think it's very good. And we can fight about that after the break. <laughs> Dennis has a look. Damn! All right, Dennis funny. has a look on his face. I thought we were like, well, I said that he took a shit in his pants. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's hit the break. We'll hit the break. We'll be right back. What is happening to me? <laughs> I'm burning up. It's going to be okay. Oh, it's not. Oh, God, it's not. Listen to me. Something is wrong. Something is wrong with me. Lizzie, I know. That's why we need to get you help. I'm dying. I'm dying. <laughs> What's happening? What's happening? Oh, my God. What's happening? I don't know. Oh, my God. What is it? I don't know. Whoa. What the fuck? to do and we're back my it's hand. terrible it's my terrible hand. it's terrible you you fucks like <laughs> wait did you not like this movie just because you don't really like horror movies no i've actually in the last uh in the last year um i have just been like i got introduced to kind of like i think like how to watch horror movies and in the sense of just like like, I always built up so many horror movies in my head. And, like, the podcast helped with that a little bit where we watched things like Children of the Corn right. and different stuff like that. But there's so many movies that when I was a kid, I hated horror movies until, like, right. this past year. And I was always so scared of all of the things. And I think it really denotes back to, like, box art at Blockbuster Video when I was a child. <laughs> like, I wasn't allowed to watch any of those movies because they were, like, horror, killer, scary movies. But then then it was like, oh, I'm not allowed to watch it because it's too intense. And then I would look at the box art and be like, I'm so scared I'm imagining, of whatever's in that. I'm imagining, like, a nine-year-old Steven takes a wrong turn in Blockbuster, <laughs> winds up on the horror aisle. Mommy! Well, no, it's like I always ended up, I would I would walk all the aisles when I was in Blockbuster and look at everything, but it was just one of those things where it was like like the imagery of like the yeah. children of the corn box where it was like red and black and the like Hellraiser the, the, face. Like the Hellraiser face and all those different things were just so frightening to me. And it was always this black box of just like, I don't know what's in there. And then as an adult, I've started watching stuff and it's like we watched Children of the Corn for the podcast and I like laughed at it. I literally laughed out loud at how not scary it was. Well, that well, like one kid, the leader kid is pretty laughable. Yeah. <laughs> laughable, but, it, but also creepy as hell. Yeah, He's like, still creepy as hell. It could be both. I still think Children of the Corn is like a scary. I think so, too. No, it's still it's, it's like a, it's, a, it's a great little movie, but it's uh, it's not as scary as I thought it was. And then uh, really what happened was was that I saw Get Out. And that kind of like was my in to like, okay, like, cause that movie's not really a horror movie, but it is, it's very genre, well, but same not. with this one, a little bit more like psychological thriller. And yeah. All that and so like, I kind of just like, I dipped in with Get Out and then I started like exploring different movies and started, and now it's like, I watched, like I 
I watched The Conjuring like two weeks ago, and then I watched The Conjuring two the other day, and like I'm I like will watch horror movies now. Okay. Um. So it is even not if they have a white lead, despite even if they have a oh. white <laughs> lead, even <laughs> if they have a white lead. Um. Begrudgingly, but uh, yeah, okay. begrudgingly, <laughs> but I will watch it. Yes. Um. But no, I uh I didn't like uh I didn't like this movie. I didn't like it. I just didn't like it. Well. I'll tell but you. I would love to hear why you guys did like it, because okay. I think there was just some flawed stuff in it. Lori, please feel free to jump in. <laughs> but no, there's definitely some flawed stuff in it. Um, I agree with that um, as well. But I still liked it. I still thought it was overall um, suspenseful enough. Like it kept me entertained. If uh, if the movie had continued going the way the first like thirty or forty minutes did, where w- so they use this cool technique in this movie where they do like the reverse and then we see what really happened that we didn't pick up on. You yeah. know what I mean? And uh, until they do that, it kind of moves a little slow. Like it's going from one thing to the next, but you're kind of like, what's this movie about? And even when you're on the bus, you're like, okay, is she going to get sick and there's going to be an infection? Like, is this going to be a disease movie? Yeah. And then they get kicked off the bus and it's like, are they going to, who knows? Like it could have gone any fucking way because I didn't watch yeah. any trailer. I didn't know really anything about this movie going in. Other than on the internet, there were rumors that this movie is making people are getting sick from watching this movie. Like oh, people are that's vomiting. A gross exaggeration. Which is a gross and gross exaggeration. <laughs> I mean, like that's the that's that's the same. I mean, it's, that's one of those like marketing. It's good marketing. Uh, Netflix. It's Netflix has a very things. weird way of marketing things, I and mean, they're very like sneaky about dropping movies and like how people watch them. I feel like it's, Netflix starts rumors about their own. They movies, do. I, I really like. think they do. I think they do too. I like. I, I didn't watch Bird Box, but everybody was saying like it was so rumored that I haven't talked to one person who loved it. Everybody yeah. I talked to was like, eh. But when it well, first no, came I mean, out, it was like, you got to see this movie. Yeah, and the thing is, is that I just don't like. I think that Netflix, it's not even Netflix, it's just so many movies where it's that thing that's like, you find the one little hook for whatever it is to sell the movie on, and with certain movies, it's kind of that thing that's like, it's almost as if Netflix, with a movie like this, I wouldn't be surprised if they started marketing it as like, the movie that was too intense for theaters, and Uh it's like, yeah, nobody picked it up to put it in theaters because they didn't think it was going to make any money, yeah, but now you're just saying it's too intense for theater, so it's on what, and so it's like, whatever the marketing and whatnot is behind it. When I looked at this movie, it's just one of like, like I just hated. What's your problem story wise? My problem story wise is is that uh, throughout the movie, um, I felt like what they did. I felt like what the writer did was was that he had an image in his head of the end of the movie. The one the, scene. The one scene yeah. of this person has a cutoff hand and this person has a cutoff hand and they're going to play together. And, <laughs> and they're going to play a cello together. As they should. And then, Keep those freaks and they together. Were like, and they were like, oh, that's a creepy, interesting image. How do I get there? And then what they did was, was that they worked their way back and every turn in the movie felt like it felt like a director and a writer leaning out and winking and going... I'm super clever, aren't I? <laughs> you didn't see that coming, did you? You think and the movie tried too hard? I think that it just it tried too hard in the sense that was like like it didn't have that feel when they did any of the reversal stuff. It was one of those things where I was like where like I kind of saw it all coming 
Like I saw, I saw all of these different moments coming. I saw all of these different things happening and they did certain things that made it make no sense right before the thing. But like when she, when she doses the, when she doses Lizzie, Lizzie, which one's Lizzie? Lizzie's the one who gets dosed. Lizzie's the one that gets dosed. I don't know anybody's name. Um, <laughs> Charlotte's the white girl. Lizzie's Charlotte, the black girl. Charlotte, Anton's Lizzie, the pedophilic Anton. sex uh, leader. Is that when Lizzie's poisoned and like has been poisoned. Poisoned is strong. When that's what it is. is she got poisoned. She, she got was dosed. given yeah, poison. She, she uh, was given poison. It's medicine. Um, it's medicine. No, but like I, when she started getting sick. I was like, I think it's because uh, I in my head was like, I think it's because of what Charlotte gave her. You were already. I was already Charlotte suspecting was that. Yeah, I was but suspecting then they that did, too. I mean, they but do the thing like is, that. I didn't. They just. Fucked. But the thing is, is that then they did the thing where it's all of the like bugs and shit coming out of her arm, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe it's not that. But then right after that, I find out it is that. And so there was a lot of that where it was just like, right, it was like, it was like, you know. As soon as she pulls out that cleaver, you're like, what? Okay. Yeah, the moment she pulls out the cleaver, I'm like, huh? The moment she pulls out the cleaver is the moment I'm sold on the film. I'm serious, because like, the whole way up there, she's vomiting, she's vomiting, there's bugs in her vomit, and then you start to see her skin crawl, and you're like, okay, something really irrational is happening, because we're also like, in, like, how hard are we set in reality with this film? You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, once you start to see her skin crawling, you're like, oh, fuck, maybe we're kind of removed from reality or something's going to be crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they do the reveal that, like, no, you're just seeing it through her psychosis. She's actually fine for the most part. And then when she, when she, what a great fucking shot when uh, Charlotte pulls out the cleaver <laughs> and just goes, you know what you have to do, right? I was like, that's such a great moment because su- suddenly... You know what the film is about now. Yeah. You're wondering where it's going to go. And this person who you've been led to believe is like a sympathetic character for the last probably 35 minutes is mm-hmm. is not. Yeah. Or is she? Well, and I will I say this the is that were thinking thinking about that moment, I'm trying to I'm trying to remember because the problem is is that sometimes is that Netflix um uh though to, much to my absolute hatred plays a trailer every time that you move around on like yeah. on an Xbox at least and it does it on Roku too. I don't know what it does on uh, other It doesn't things. on Apple TV. When when you're on Xbox, it's it auto plays yeah, yeah. any I, I, it autos, I've seen it that auto plays before. a trailer. Don't tell me it played that at, scene. At, that was the that was the scene. You know what you have to do, right? It do, it didn't show the um it didn't show the the cleaver uh-huh. or maybe it did show the cleaver coming out but it was there's bugs in my skin it's coming out of me all oh, this thing oh uh, my god i gotta cut my arm off was the scene that netflix showed me shame on you netflix and so the thing <laughs> is is that i'm i'm watching it leading up to like like before you even asked to do it for the podcast i had seen that scene because i saw it previewed on the in the trailer portion of Netflix. Yeah, I knew nothing about this movie. Her head and seen And then anything. and so the thing is is that coming in I'm like, okay, well there's some kind of epidemic, there's some kind of thing. And so it wasn't weird to me when her butt when when her arm started sprouting bugs and then she had a she had the cleaver and I knew from the thing that I had watched that she was going to have to cut her arm off and then I was like, cool, where do we go from here? And then I was like, oh, we're going backwards and it was all a trick. And then I was like, that, mostly, I think all of the tricks in this, filmmaking-wise, my problem with them was 
was that they weren't good enough tricks. They're it's a little like bit of a you, they're a little bit of a cop out from a writing standpoint. I think that they're a little bit of a cop out, but I still think it was done well enough that I was like, okay, no, like it's what, a what really well made cop out though. Because like I think I thought they were all justified. Anytime, were... so you have two really huge parts in this movie that reverse, and then they show you what actually happens. Um, and that is a little bit of a writing cop out to be like, oh, we're gonna do this, and then we're gonna be like, oh, okay, now we're gonna go back and show you what really happened. Well, it's not like what really happened. It's like what happened that we didn't see. It's not like they're changing everything. You know what I mean? I I think anyway. What here's my thing is is that what I think would what would have made this movie absolutely brilliant to me would have been they get to the cutting off the arm scene right at the first time that they're going to do a reverse and go backwards and then just but don't go backwards just keep going with exactly what the movie does the girl goes back to america she's like something happened to me my arm got cut off i was left on the side of the road i don't understand and then it's you're getting kicked out of the thing and we're following this entire thing and then have it be that she goes and gets Michelle Williams and then brings her back and then at the very end, like right when they're about to when they're about to go after Steven Weber and kill him, go go actually reverse and then see it and then go all the way back to the beginning of the movie and see, oh, this has been a plan that's been in stage like all along the way. There's been all these twists and turns. And the only thing that you like, like have one gigantic reversal and one gigantic, oh my God, I didn't, had I noticed all these things that were happening and really paid attention when I watched this movie, I would know that this is reality, but you've just completely shifted reality on me. And then craziness, 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 end. See, if they had done that, it would have ruined the movie for me. Because I would have been leading up to an hour and 20 minutes and then they'd be like, just kidding. This is what's really going on. The fact that they kind of pace it out for you and do a little bit at a time, at least after the first time, you know that that's within the realm of possibility for the movie. Yeah. In my opinion. Anyway. I mean, it kind of works for the movie that she chops off her own hand, but it also seemed like a little bit uh, extreme because that's how um, Allison's character, Charlotte, is trying to get her to her break from this um, cult that is abusing her. And she's like, well, this is the only way. Yeah. <laughs> which, which brings me to I'm to like, uh, is that the only way? I feel like maybe you could have been like, hey, you've been raped, essentially. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I, I don't know. That's cults. Cults. That's the thing. This is essentially a cult and people get super brainwashed. I don't know. But here's a question, Lori. Two questions, actually. One, do you think provided you had antipsychotics and alcohol and you were in this... Do you think you could convince somebody to chop off their own hand? No. You don't think so? <laughs> you don't think you could, like, have somebody who was well, fucked up were, on drugs? Well, if there was actually bugs on them, I'd be like, yeah. Like, do you if think I you was... could convince someone on hard drugs that there was bugs on them and be like, no, you know what you gotta do, do right? You gotta cut your arm off. Take this But flavor. if I... Like, that actually scene is horrifying to me. It's a big fear of mine being, like, on a bus in the middle of the country and getting, like, sick. It reminded me when I was in Costa Rica just vomiting all over the place. Because yeah. <laughs> if I was, like, vomiting, there was bugs in my... Vomit. I would probably just kill myself instantly. I would be like, I'm just gonna kill myself. You right would now. instantly. Yeah. Kill, but <laughs> but, you, but you think her chop, getting her to chop her arm off is an overreaction yes. to trying to get her out of a sex cult? She should have just. You, she should have just. I would have just her, killed really myself. I'd be like, I'm just gonna kill myself. There's bugs in my arm. Uh, <laughs> what are you like? This is too bad. We have pills for this down at the store. Like this happens to tourists oh. all the time. Like, she just killed Absolutely herself. Absolutely horrifying to me. Um, no, it's. I, cause, cause this is my thing is, is that there were, there were a couple things that I had a problem with that were just like, there were little notes that are like such like douchebag 
little things that I had with it. Douchebag. Which like what? Well, the fact that like I, like when I was a kid, I played cello. Okay. Oh, now, now, the truth, now the truth. Now the truth comes, comes, out. comes out. I didn't know this about you. No, dude. yeah, I played cello from I played cello from fourth grade to eighth grade. The flamingos on your shirt make a lot the, more sense now. Yeah, I know. Uh, it's it's predominantly the uh, the the thing that I will say about learning to play cello <laughs> is is that I predominantly learned how to pick up a cello, put it onto a school bus, take the cello off the school bus, and walk it into a room. Uh, past that, I don't remember anything about playing cello. But when when Lizzie got her right arm cut off, I had the moment in my head where I was like, that's your bow hand. Like, <laughs> like you can still play like it's a prosthetic. <laughs> it like like it's it's like a like it's going to take adjusting and it's going to take it's going to take like relearning a bunch of a bunch of stuff. But like your bow hand especially is just going it's going back and forth on strings and it's moving up and down it's not like individually pressing down on it's like if you lost your if you played guitar if you were a right-handed guitar player and you lost your right hand is that it's like that's your pick hand so like if you can get a pick into a thing and learn how to fluctuate it and move it around you can play guitar again i think the guitar example is a harder example like using a pick to play a guitar with uh, that's a, even harder, but I think but you the cello do thing it. you might have a point there. And so, well, and so in I either had a case, point, Lori just kills herself. No I, yeah, either what case, Lori's dead. So dead. at this point <laughs> in the story, Lori's dead. Lori loses I a pinky. So if we don't like, hear from Lori for the rest of the podcast, <laughs> it's because she's decaying in my apartment. But <laughs> it's like I just had the moment. I had this little moment in my head where I was like, where I was like, you haven't even tried to play. With but, a prosthetic okay, so arm. That's probably true, but she will also still get kicked out of the perfection school. Yeah, they would kick her. No, out. I understand. And there, like, she was already out. Who wants to rape someone with one hand? Exactly. It's not Anton. Um, <laughs> not Anton. Not Anton. <laughs> and uh, I will say this is is that they did a great. Jo- the one thing the movie did an amazing job with was uh, any art form that is a little bit like upper crust. A little bit upper crust, whether it's whether it's like ballet or um, ballet or any kind of orchestral music, even like fine art uh, or anything like that. There's always a level of a person that Steven Weber managed to play really, really well, where it's like you have a ton of money and you're into this thing and you're into this thing in a way which we find out in the movie it is like a sexual weird culty thing but like even at the beginning the way that he was acting is that it's like i've seen those people i've met those people where there's they're just like god the form and function of ballet is so like blah 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 and i have this elitist (laughs) but it's this elitist mentality where you really look at the person and you almost have you have this moment where you're like you do you do you like do you have a a killing room? Like, do you have yeah. a room that you kill people in? What's in your, your house? dirty like, what's, secret, rich person? Like, what's your weird? Because like you're really emotionally invested in Mozart, and like I get it, it's emotional music, but simultaneously we've made a lot of other art since Mozart, and like there's great stuff now, and you're really focused on this one little thing, and like it's the same kind of thing with this, is that it is taking this character and. He does have this obsession of this very specific thing that, like, a cello is going to play. And a very specific, like, this is the most beautiful whatever that's ever been written for anything. Yeah. And in it must be played per- best room. In the, in the acoustic best room. And, like, I, and so, like, there was a bit of it that felt right. Like, that character felt really real and right. 
Um, I would have liked a little bit more depth on like the relationship. Like I didn't need like a scene or anything like that, but it felt glossed over of like once they have the reveal that he's like a crazy rapist and has been doing this since like his, like his father did this and his grandfather did this. And this is just like how they've done it forever. And in fairness, producing great results. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, the, t- the process <laughs> has been tested through the generations, and they're still uh, pumping out. Uh, they're producing the best yellow players. They I mean, there, there is something. There is something that that the movie does not that the does that the movie does point out is that uh, that is disturbing, which is that apparently sexual assault creates the best cello player it's like, a real motivator it's a mo- like the motivation of being sexually assaulted is is really what's going to get you there netflix book club does not advocate yeah i do not these it's, are these are all creepy. jokes these are like jokes. it's fucked up but at the same time like that's kind of what the movie is suggesting is that it's like is that it's like yeah if you want to be the absolute best the, the only way to do that is to yeah. like get heavily assaulted over and over and over it's fucked up. It's this weird. thing comes out in the papers. There's some school in Cleveland just like, what the fuck are they doing over there? Yeah. It's like, you know, you know, hard work will pay off, too, if you just practice eight hours a day. You yeah, you to. just got to practice. It's just practice, practice, practice. Um, I want to talk about that scene at the end because uh, this movie, I don't know where I heard it from, but I definitely did hear it that this movie was kind of uh, an Americanized not an Americanized, but like they draw a lot from certain Asian horror genres. I think specifically oh, yeah. like Korean horror. Uh, no, I was going to say especially the end. Especially the especially end. Especially the end. The last little part at the end where they're playing together. They're playing the song and one of them's using their bow hand and the other one's using the... Because they've both gotten an arm right, cut off. Right, right. Um, and Steven Weber is sitting in the chair as like stumps. Uh... Yeah, they no completely arms mutilated him. And no legs and like his nose cut off and like different stuff like that. Not that he didn't deserve it, but I just found it strange where I was like, I didn't know you guys were going to start chopping him up and keep well, him no, alive but like, and shit, you know? Like, but like it, it kind of, I just had the same, it was the same experience. It was the same experience I had when I watched the, did you, did you ever see Snowpiercer? No. I honestly tried to and I stopped like 20 minutes. <laughs> there's a, there's and a I part, wanted to like it. No, no, there's a part in Snowpiercer where, uh, and you might not have gotten to it, uh, where they get into a hatchet fight. Did you get to the hatchet fight? No. So there's a part in the movie where they're they're moving up train cars, and uh, and Chris Evans opens a door into a train car, and it's just a bunch of bad guys with hatchets, like they're dressed in all black, and they've got hatchets, and they're about to get into a crazy fight scene. And I remember being in the theater, and you open the door into it, and I went, "Man, this movie got Korean real quick." Yeah. Like is that just, the, <laughs> is that the like, crazy eighty eight? It's, I mean, that's what it, it's, it's like this movie got really, really Korean <laughs> really fast where I've seen this in a lot of different Korean action movies. And the same thing with this, where it was like, they showed him stumpy and I was like, this got weirdly Korean <laughs> really quickly <laughs> where it was like, there was, it was like, it was like very little like lead up and then yeah. to the, where it felt like a Korean horror movie. And then this final scene where it's like this weird gore slash it's not gory but it's supposed to be beautiful but it's supposed to be yeah. revenge just maybe be like this is really korean really quick out of nowhere i think that the twists are also part of that like i've seen certain uh korean horror movies where like they do play with your perception and they do yeah. take these crazy wild turns that you could kind of never predict but they do justify yeah. it through whatever exposition um but while i was watching this having read that like you know 
it takes influence from those horror genres. I'm like, all right, so when it's gory, it's going to be real fucking gory. Yeah. When the knife goes through her forearm, yeah, that, and was, gets, uh. that was brutal. That made me yeah. flinch a little bit. Um, yeah, forget your bow hand now, dude, or whatever it is. Forget your pictures. Well, no, I... Sorry, go on with that. But, but, um, but I was waiting the whole time. I was like, where's the weird dream sequence going to be? Because there's always like some weird, almost nonsensical dream sequence where there's like... A mo- like something totally out of reality happens and like maybe yeah. it is a dream maybe it's something they just saw but like and they don't really explain it much and then the ending came and like I'm not saying that in the reality of the movie that scene didn't happen I'm, I bet it did but think about it though he's completely mutilated they're playing together that's a weird idea that they're now going to play for their old teacher again yeah. but they're also all dressed up which is another thing that you see in those horror genres or, or at least certain Asian movies where like Everyone is suddenly very like fanciful, done up makeup, yeah. and it's for like a climactic moment. Yeah. My impression was that that they had f- reached the perfection by losing their limbs and playing together. Like they neither of them had gotten it until that moment. So in a way, that guy still Steven still got them to reach the perfection, and it like had to go down that way. That's sick and twisted, Lori. <laughs> yes. No, I didn't think about that. I get. I That's mean, I do think, you like think they, they're better together than they were ever on their own? Yeah, I think that's what, or what the movie was implying. That's what I thought. That's interesting. I was like, oh, now they've reached the perfection. Like they never actually, they kept messing up. You know, it would have been, <laughs> you know, it would have been great because it shows the him mutilated body, and then they go up and they begin playing. What if after like 30 seconds it cuts back to him and he's just like, hey, this is pretty good, like bopping along. Well, no, and that was my thing was was that I was like with him being there, I almost had the moment where I was like, where I was like, I would, you know what I would have liked more just conceptually is if they were forced to, like I didn't like that we went straight from like, I thought Steven Weber was dead I thought they had killed him. So did I, yeah. And then he's in a chair and they're playing together and he's like got limbs cut off. And I had this moment in my head where I was like, first off, like when, when did you cut his limb? How long has it been? Surgery? What? Where are you yeah. at? <laughs> and then there was this next moment that I had where I was like, great, okay, so you're keeping him alive to, to make him listen but like the thing that he listened to he loved but like it was one of those like <laughs> weird moments where i was like i feel like you're giving him what he wanted even though yeah. you took away all of his arms and legs and stuff could be a dream sequence that's the thing and could be, you know but like i also just had a problem when when she got stabbed in the arm which was super brutal yeah. and super violent and like and like abruptly out of nowhere very satisfying but i knew it was gonna my problem was was that i knew it was gonna happen I didn't know how it was going to happen. You knew that just that she was going to get messed up even more. I knew from I knew from the moment that from the moment that um, the two that that Lizzie and Charlotte were on the same side. I knew that Charlotte was going to lose her arm. Interesting. Because I knew that they were going to play together. The moment that she didn't have a hand, that the one girl didn't have a hand, I went. Well, you could play like I had that prosthetic moment where I was like, you could still <laughs> play cello. And then the next <laughs> thought that I had was, was that I was like, was that I was like, oh, maybe they're going to like, maybe they're going to like work together to do some kind of perfect because like, because, because Charlotte has the bow hand. Yeah. And then the moment that it was like they're dragging her into the house and they're doing different stuff. I was like, oh, Charlotte's going to lose her other hand because they're gonna, and then they're going to have to play the cello together. And I didn't know how it was going to happen. But I knew that it was going to happen and that they were going to have to play 
the perfection like as a duo on one cello. Yeah. There was just something about it where I just saw it coming that it was like, oh, the thing that you want to do is this. And I thought it was going to be, I didn't think that. I'm happy I'm stupid because I don't see any of this shit coming. <laughs> I'm I just, just sitting there like, wow. <laughs> well, no. And that's why like my problem with it was, was that it wasn't like, uh, like it, it didn't have the, it didn't have kind of the, the, the kind of wonderful nature of like, um, like, and the charm of like the first Ocean's Eleven. Like, if you like, what? <laughs> what? I have the a point. Fuck are you talking? About? I have a point. I have a point. No, but <laughs> in the, this is the thing. In the first Ocean's, in the first Ocean's Eleven, which is, is such a different movie. Which is like, which is well, no, which is such a different movie. But what they do in that movie is, is that they they do a magic trick for you. As, a, as an audience member, in the sense that is, they they show you what's going on, and they keep showing you what's going on, and you think you know what they're doing, and you think you know how they're robbing the place, and you think you know, as an audience member, how they're doing everything, and then and then you find out at the end of the first Ocean's Eleven, oh, it, like, all of the video on the cameras and stuff like that was stuff they had pre-filmed in the, in the vault that they had built, and it wasn't it the same place, and it wasn't the same thing. Spoilers. Spoilers, Jesus um, Spoilers for a 15-year-old movie. <laughs> but, um, starting at the beginning, man. Uh, that's not the starting, beginning. He's starting but, with a female, all female. But, but it's, it's like, like this movie had an element to it of a heist movie in the sense that it's like you're getting conned by the... By the uh, Director. By the director. Like the director is coming in and they're doing a magic trick for you and they're misdirecting you consistently so that they can then make something be revealed. And my problem with the movie consistently is what I was talking about of like winking at the audience slash like kind of like see what we're doing here is that I was like your magic tricks are shitty. You're doing it over and over. But like it's one of those things where it's like somebody makes a card appear and you're like great cool the card appeared good magic trick but it's not that David Blaine moment where he's like where he's like and now go into like the ashes of your grandfather that nobody has opened in 30 years <laughs> oh my god there's your card and you're like how the fuck did that happen it's never been out of my house whatever Grandpa. it's a glass box that's locked like whatever it is I there like, was no like I that like moment trick. to me where it's like where the trick was so profound that I was like that I was like oh my god thank you for tricking me like thank you, so, like thank you, filmmaker, for for tricking me into this thing. It was one of those moments where I was like, and the card's gonna appear there, and there. Appear. I think if you and never saw like, the cleaver or even the scene about her getting, like, if you went in much darker, I think you might have enjoyed this movie. Yeah, it might have been that I that I came in, I came in with a little bit too much knowledge. Yeah, I think like my only like my biggest overall problem with this movie is I feel like when they made it, it was like they probably just enlisted. Um, the, whoever the screenwriter was to be like, all right, we're gonna make a revenge Me Too type movie. I um, yeah, I did want to get away. That like yeah, that's how I, I well, was like, I oh, this really was get sort the of Me Too vibe off of it. I mean, obviously, I got the heavy Me Too vibe off. Yeah, it. or it was like, oh, well, let's capitalize on this movement by making like this revenge yeah. horror well, this, movie. This was written by me, three people. I believe Richard Shepard, the director, was one of those people who worked on the screenplay as well. Um, but I also know that it like went into production in September 2017. So, Me Too was That's, big then, though, right? No, yeah. I mean, this uh, this uh, this is one of those things where it's like when I hear there's three screenwriters on the thing, um, that 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 means that someone eventually was like, "Hey, we should do a reversal." 
Well, or like that if was someone's idea, you it, know, it was either we should do a reversal or it was we should do this thing or like what that says to me is, is that somebody somebody had an idea for a thing and they didn't. It wasn't very good. And then they got somebody else to come in and kind of restructure it and figure out some stuff and made it better. And then they got somebody else to come in and do like punch up on dialogue or punch up on like like Everybody moments. Everybody wrote on this. Lori wrote on this. <laughs> yeah, like well, no. And the thing is, is that in all honesty, like those are like when it comes to WGA kind of credits and stuff like that. It's like you have to do a percentage of rewrite on a script to even get whatever whatever credit. So the thing is, is that it's like there could have been like fifteen writers on this. True. Like for all we know, it's like eh, somebody had a doctoring job over here and a doctoring job over there. Like like it. Do, we have no idea how many how many hands this went through. Yeah. And not to say that it makes it like better or worse. Sometimes scripts come out great because they got doctored, but it felt muddled to me. Where it was like they were trying so you hard. You could feel the too many chefs aspect. It throughout just the movie. like I said, it's like they were trying so hard to do a magic trick, and but like I knew what the and I knew what the trick was. Like the moment they were doing it, I knew what the trick was, mm-hmm. and and they were trying to misdirect with a bunch of different bunch of different things where it's like oh we're gonna actually have bugs come out of our arms we're gonna actually have but then it's like magic trick and you're like oh okay well i thought that beforehand and then you try to trick me with like some it sounds like you're just trying to escape my question of could you convince someone on hallucinogens to chop off their arms (laughs) because laurie answered and you did not well you didn't ask me you asked her well i was giving you time i think that i definitely think that i could get somebody to cut their arm off you're like i don't even need the hallucinogens (laughs) i definitely (laughs) i you hear me going I, on? Trust I me, need, I'll get someone to cut the wrong I mean, <laughs> I mean, I think that like from from things that I've known uh, in my life, times that I've had in my life, is that I think that I could get somebody to cut their arm off just to stop me from continuing to talk. Uh, I talk, <laughs> I talk so much, Listen, and I talk so long, and I arm? can, and I am willing to keep a conversation going for hours and hours. There, there are people in my life. Who would happily cut their arm off for me to stop doing like Muppet voices? See, like, so just so our listeners that's know, where we are at. self-aware here. Like, at Netflix Book Club. Okay, we're we're hearing the same conversation that you are here like, at Netflix Book Club. I it's but uh, I mean like yes, I think I could get somebody on hallucinogens to cut their arm off just based on hanging out with my college roommate when <laughs> he was on hallucinogens. Uh, which is just he'd be like get me no, a Sprite done, he's like okay I've done plenty of hallucinogens I've never had the desire or urge to no it's not this arm. is the thing is is that it's not about when when my roommate and my first roommate in college was like you know how there's the guy in the dorm or wherever or there's the guy at the place who's just too into hallucinogens <laughs> he's I don't just know if he knows who we are those <laughs> people yeah you, well no no but like but like you might like hallucinogens but the question is, is like, have you ever sought out and done Hawaiian baby rosewood seeds? <laughs> no, you don't know. That's some Terrence. Have you McKenna ever shit. have you ever gone and found have you ever gone and found the right marigolds and bought fifty packages of their seeds and then boiled them for three hours and then taken them and mashed them into a paste and Does eaten that work them? though? Does yeah, it work? There's a thing that's like well no, and that's one of those things. Is you it, have like, our attention. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, and like that's who this guy that I was in college, I met him and he admitted to me later on that I, the day we moved in, he was on mescaline. Like he decided to move into the dorms 
on mescaline. That's a can do. I feel like I, yeah, yeah. I, feel like I gotta talk to this and guy. He was on mescaline. And <laughs> so the thing questions. is, is that Lord, you're single, right? <laughs> when he you got this guy's number still, <laughs> email address. Um, I don't. Sadly, he's not on uh, social media, so I, like I have no idea who he is. He's like, on where the moon he is. Now. He lives on. Um, the moon. Yeah, he's just <laughs> in South America. He used to say things. He used to say things when we were hanging out. When we were hanging out and and doing a lot of drugs, he used to say things like, "I just wish that he was in school for film." But he was like, "I," you know, he was like, "I wish that I could just be an apothecary." He wanted to be an apothecary where he could give people like, like, like things to make them feel better that were not like. I'm a pharmacist, but literally one of those things where it's like, oh, you're having a bad day. Here's some mushrooms. You're having this. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what you really need is to Man, trip on sounds like a really good ayahuasca with this guy. or like whatever Let it was. Let me put some uh, witch hazel on your third eye. Yeah, like he, he was that kind of a guy. Frankincense. Frankincense. Some frankincense. He was that kind of a guy. And uh, and at various points, I did copious amounts of drugs with him. But uh, <laughs> trying to get him to chop off a limb every time never happened. <laughs> Well, he's the reason that I tripped on other things because, like, he couldn't get me mescaline, and so I decided to trip on other stuff, and it right. was, and that went poorly. But, uh, <laughs> but have you guys ever done Dramamine? Like, doesn't that stuff make you sleep? Yeah, like, like the boots. motion sickness drug. Yeah, oh, yeah. Man, yeah. I'm just gonna let you know. It's, so it's it's not a hallucinogen; it's a psychotic. Uh, if you take uh, so a dose is one. If you take like eight of them. Uh, you hear voices. Wouldn't you just pass out though? No, I used to, because I used to take him on the boat and like pass out. So, so yes, people will pass. Like you'll fall asleep, or you could fall asleep. But it's kind of like Ambien, where it's like if you take an Ambien and then you like power through the sleepiness and get to the other side, right, you'll trip right. balls. Yeah, is that with Dramamine? You take like eight of them. You drink a Red Bull and you hang out, and about. Three hours later, after excruciating pain and awfulness, uh, it's really bad. You start to hear voices, and then uh, if you take too much, then you start to see people. If you take too much, not eight, and but if you, you take too well, much. Well, no, this then is the thing more, is. you take more, you die. This is the thing. <laughs> no, this is the thing, is that if you take, so if you take eight, uh, you start to trip. But the problem is, is and uh, and I read it online beforehand, was... Um, you for, it's a drug you forget you're on. Oh, it 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 makes this you forget that terrible. it makes this you forget that like you've taken worst. it. And so uh, and so I took uh, I took like eight, and but I had like a big pack of like twenty four, and uh, and after I had come down, twelve hours later, um, and after I had gone to work, which is what I did right after I came down, I came home and I looked at the package and I had actually taken eighteen. And oh because God. I took more once I was tripping. Right. And uh, and it was an awful experience. <laughs> um, and, and with that in my head, with that kind of experience in my head and seeing things like my roommate sit on shrooms in the shower, having a bad trip, pawing at the wall for four hours. Yeah, I think I could get somebody to cut their arm off <laughs> if they're on the wrong trip. Like, I think I could get somebody to cut their arm off if they were on the wrong trip. This uh, episode of Netflix Book Club is brought to you by Dramamine, everybody. Uh, it really, this it's you can go to the store and you can buy it right now, and it's the worst trip you'll ever have. The drug that wants about, you. It's about Benadryl too. Like you could actually, if you take enough Benadryl, you'll hallucinate. I'm, but it'll I'm be sure terrible. you probably can. Robitussin, like, Robitussin, and ginger ale, yeah. robo tripping, right? But then that's also yeah. like scissorp. Yeah, if you right, go down right. south, I don't know. Well, no, I'm more scissor, of a, I'm more of a one point eight grams of mushrooms <laughs> kind of guy. I believe scissor is actually uh, codeine. Isn't that codeine? Yeah, that's yeah, the codeine yeah. one. It's similar stuff. Um, but anyway, uh, anyway, let's wrap this up. <laughs> now that we've put a bunch of horrible ideas in our listeners' heads, in the youth, in the youth. <laughs> forget, dramamine, forget those Todd pods. <laughs> <laughs> what you really want is that dramamine. I love how the what you really want is that motion sickness drug <laughs> that kind of makes you sleepy. 
and simultaneously makes you itchy and then all your joints hurt and then you hear voices and then you don't know where they're coming from <laughs> and it's awful that's not what the hippies had in mind yeah no it's not that um i'm gonna stay with i'm gonna stick with my opinion watch this movie i think this is a great fucking horror movie um if only for the sequence at the end. Again, you got to get through the first 30 minutes. First 30, 40 minutes, you're kind of like, where is this movie going? But then once it locks in, it's fabulous. All the actors did a great job. Nice job, Richard Shepard, Dick Shep. We're close. Watch this movie. Um, yeah, I'm still going to go with Don't. Uh, I just think there's better stuff. Uh, I don't... I, I think that there are... I think this movie is trying really, really hard. Um, not like in like a, like a, like I think they're doing their best. It's not like they phoned anything in. They thought everything through. They really tried to make a good movie. I just didn't like it. And mostly uh, on the pass fail system of stream or don't stream. I'm just like, there's just better stuff. Like, like I, I've been like lately, I've been really getting into like anything that James Wan is doing. And it's like, he's just a brilliant filmmaker. Like when I watched the conjuring finally, and I know that it's an older movie, but it's like I watched The Conjuring, the Conjuring and I was scary. like, like that's it's not only just movie. it's not only just scary, but it's like it's just it's brilliant. Like it's beautifully done. It's amazingly paced. It's ri- like the set decoration and everything is perfect. It feels like you're in that time period in that place and having this experience with ghosts and stuff like that. And and when I look at that level of like, holy shit, what horror can be versus this it becomes one of these moments where i'm like this is clever it's not good and that's my problem with it is that it's like yeah you did some clever stuff in there but like you were really ramping up for this what you thought was gorgeous beautiful seminal moment of two people playing a cello and a guy with no arms and legs (laughs) and like that's what you were like pushing towards because horror does that especially like lower budget horror or medium budget horror is that it's all about one nut it's all about what's the one scene that everybody's going to talk about yeah what's the one scene that press is going to talk about what's the one scene that everybody on the internet's gonna go you gotta watch this movie there's this one scene that's fucking crazy and and that's what this movie was built on was that one scene being fucked up and crazy and in all honesty i watched it and i was like i kind of don't get it i kind of don't it's not that crazy to me i think if you like thrillers stream it um i make. i think you make some good points i don't think it's like the greatest uh movie but i think yeah if you are like thrillers there aren't that many um on netflix or anywhere um they are hard to pull off so i think if you're a fan of because it's definitely more thriller than a horror i don't even know if i would categorize it as a horror. yeah it's movie. that weird um that's it's like, that weird like in between where like, it's yeah where it's trying um, it's to definitely be a, a subgenre movie. movie like even like you said in terms of like horror movies there's other better horror movies maybe but i don't think there's a lot of horror movies like this and that's why i think it's definitely worth a watch and uh i'm about to come across the fucking table at both of you if you've ruined this movie anymore for anybody okay <laughs> this is a great movie all right Lori, plug your new podcast again um you could listen to scary monsters with nick griffin and Lori palmentary we're on itunes there you go check them out keep listening to us netflix book club steven you want to plug anything um i'm working on stuff for uh for an app called vert uh it's it's vrt it's in kind of like open at this point it's in like open access or early access um, where you can you can hop on and take a look at it, but we're still building a lot of shows and stuff like that for it. And so um, in the fall of 2019, 
uh, we'll be releasing a bunch of different, uh, a lot of different shows where we've just got like, uh, we, I've got a sketch show that's with um, like Dungeons and Dragons minis, and I've got a, uh, we've got a couple documentary series that are coming out. And we've got a couple comedy podcasts. You have NPR when you're plugging. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Do you want me to get a little bit more? I've got a lot of stuff going on, guys. Um, <laughs> go check out Vert. Uh, Vert. Vert. VRT. Um, but yeah, it's on the app store and you can check it out. Uh, and we would love to have more people on it and just kind of letting us know what's going on, like what they think about the app in general. Um, cause we got a lot of cool stuff that we're working on. We've got like 50 things in development right now. And so there's a lot coming over the hill. That's awesome. Definitely check out Vert. Definitely check out Scary Monsters. Yeah. And, uh, check out anything I'm involved in. Dennis Rooney. <laughs> Yeah, uh, what the fuck are you doing with your life? Things are <laughs> things are slow. I don't know whether right you now. know this or not, but like 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 Lori's doing good. Lori's I'm doing not, very well. No, Lori's doing, doing great. very well. And has a podcast and stuff like that. And like I'm doing lots of stuff, but like I need a job. What are you <laughs> <laughs> this is a, we're not talking <laughs> about jobs on this podcast. I need a job too, but like we're not talking about jobs <laughs> on this podcast. Okay. I'm employed. Well, maybe oh. somebody will listen to you and they're like, Are wow, you the only? I is really Dennis the only one employed at this table? I'm employed. God damn it. Uh, but we're, I'm, I've been doing some of the best podcasting of my life. Okay. Yeah. Things, <laughs> are slow, things are slow otherwise, but I'm killing it in the podcast world. Love it. All right. That's uh, it for Netflix Book Club. Everybody say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.